0: Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 106 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is Understanding the California Consumer Privacy Act. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. And before we get started, our usual two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast. Give the podcast a five-star rating. Second, the Volkoff Law Group offers data privacy, cybersecurity compliance services. We've assisted companies in designing and implementing data privacy compliance programs under the GDPR, and now we're offering services under the California Consumer Privacy Act compliance requirements. We have extensive experience in the design and implementation of data privacy and security compliance programs. And if you're interested, please contact me at mvolkoff at Volkoff Law. Com. Well, I thought I'd uh, start off the show with a little bit of uh, California sunshine, uh, whether we want it or not. Uh, the California Consumer Privacy Act uh, is effective uh, starting January 1st, 2020, and it's a big deal. First, take a step back and look at the fact that when the federal government fails to act and assume responsibility for establishing a uniform national law and policy, in this important area of uh, data privacy, information security, uh, and consumer rights, uh, individual states then spring into action uh, to fill the vacuum. And uh, in in today's politically polarized world, Congress has not been able to address the need for national data security, uh, privacy breach remediation, and notification disclosure standards. Hence, the issue has been left to the states. And you can count on California to act and to fill the legal vacuum. And on January 1st, 2020, the new law will go into effect with, by the way, the political support and backing uh, by the uh, the tech industry in uh, in Silicon Valley. Uh, Companies will be facing a compliance requirement that's established by Uh, the new CCPA, as it's called, California Consumer Privacy Act. And in practice, this is going to become the new uh, national standard. Um, Recently, with the fast-approaching deadline coming up, the California legislature recently amended the law to extend the deadline for the attorney general to issue implementing regulations until July 1, 2020. Um, That doesn't change the compliance deadline or the effectiveness, the effective date of January 1st, 2020. But what it really means is there's not going to be any uh, meaningful or significant enforcement actions until the regulations are issued, because there are issues that have to be resolved and also to give the California AG the authority that they need for enforcement purposes. That should not... Uh, slow anybody's effort because uh, just like as GDPR crept up on everyone, the CCPA is creeping up on everyone as well. Now, the CCPA is designed to give consumers more information and control over their personal information. Uh, Businesses will will be required to be more transparent in their handling of personal information and to provide a robust uh, disclosure and um, sort of opting in or out uh, requirements for consumers uh, and about how their information is being used. Um, Many businesses raced to the finish line to meet GDPR uh, requirements in 2018, And certain requirements imposed by GDPR will have applicability in the CCPA context. However, there are significant differences in scope and intent that require careful attention. Companies that conduct business in California collect personal information from California residents, process or have third parties process such personal information, and meet certain uh, revenue thresholds are going to be subject to the CCPA. The most important definition in the Act is, quote-unquote, personal information, since all the requirements apply to businesses that collect or process such information. And just to give you a feel for the scope of it, it includes, personal information includes, but is not limited to, the following, if it identifies and relates, which is, by the way, an incredibly broad word and can be used legally uh, by the enforcement agencies to apply to a whole range of uh, types of information. But, anyways, following, uh, here's some of the, uh, again, the definition includes some of the following if it identifies, relates, describes, is capable of being associated with, or could be reasonably linked directly or indirectly with a particular consumer or household. Talk about a legal mouthful. The definition certainly covers a person's real name, their alias, their postal address, unique personal identifiers, online identifiers, usernames, IP addresses, email addresses, account names, telephone numbers, credit card numbers, health insurance information, social security numbers, obviously, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, and other similar identifiers. Interestingly, it goes even further, this broad definition, because in my view, it encompasses biometric information, internet search information, geolocation data, educational history information. Personal information, however, does not include publicly available information. That is, information that is lawfully disclosed by state and local governments pursuant to law. So, under the CCPA, consumers will have significant rights to learn from every business what personal information is collected by the business, to whom does the business disclose the consumer's personal information and how to ensure the consumer can exercise his or her right to opt out of the collection and sale of their personal information. Every business has to maintain a separate link to a web page to permit a consumer to click on a page containing a quote-unquote do not sell my personal information button. And the California AEG has broad enforcement authority under the CCPA. The AG is required to give a business 30 days to cure a violation before an action can be brought. If the violation is not cured, the AG may seek an injunction and a civil penalty of no more than 2,500 for each violation or 7,500 for each intentional violation. Now, imagine how many violations can occur with regard to a database or, let's say, data that has 100, 200, 300, 400, go into the thousands, go into the millions. The exposure in a civil penalty here is going to be very, very large. The CCPA also includes a limited private right of action a consumer may bring such an action against a business when the consumer's non-encrypted or non-redacted personal information is subject to an unauthorized access and exfiltration, theft, or disclosure. Notice it applies to non-encrypted or non-redacted personal information. So at a minimum, we're under encryption requirements, which makes sense, or redaction requirements. But The private right of action is clearly, as authorized here, going to lead to class action suits, and you can rest assured California is going to be a very welcoming jurisdiction to those types of class action suits. The definition of personal information, however, for a private right of action is narrower and includes name plus Social Security number, driver's license, financial account number with passcode, medical information, and health insurance information. So then a business's liability will turn on whether it maintain, quote-unquote, reasonable security procedures and practices appropriate to the nature of that information. And a consumer, if they meet this requirement and this showing, can make recover statutory damages in the amount of $100 to $750 per consumer per incident or actual damages, whichever is greater. So for obvious reasons, businesses that are involved in the collection and sale of personal information will be the focus of CCPA enforcement. Both terms, collect and sale, are defined broadly to capture a broad range of activities. For example, a website that sells user cookies to a third-party advertising company would fall under the coverage of such. The CCPA details specific requirements for businesses to include in their privacy policies and procedures to ensure that consumers are fully aware of their rights. In addition, companies have to implement robust training programs to ensure that those persons responsible for implementing its compliance program understand consumers' rights and can explain them accurately to consumers. The CCPA includes an exception for business purpose use of personal information. This exception is intended to permit operational use or internal use of such data for such purposes as detecting security incidents, debugging errors, servicing accounts, and auditing consumer interactions. So you wouldn't have to maintain records as to how you use the consumer information nor disclose it to the consumer that you were doing using their data for such internal purposes. So the CCPA presents numerous compliance challenges for businesses. I mean, just considering the breadth of what I've described already, um, Companies have to move quickly to ensure appropriate compliance programs are in place by January 1st, 2020. Any business that collects, stores, and processes consumer information is subject to significant risks. The importance of CCPA compliance is not limited to businesses that collect and sell personal information, like credit bureaus, marketing companies. Uh, Given the broad definitions, the risk of unauthorized disclosures, and the broad set of consumer rights created by the CCPA, businesses need to develop a priority-based project to ensure appropriate risk mitigation and that there are policies and practices and procedures in place to track consumer requests, Uh, because I'm going to go through some of the deadlines that are required in terms of responding to consumer requests and the obligations that uh, uh, companies have to respond. So first, in the first step in compliance here, you have to locate your data. In the GDPR context, uh, many companies were stuck in this process. Uh, And, you know, making it sound more difficult and sophisticated than it is in terms of mapping your data This should not be uh, an overwhelming or burdensome process. I know this sounds obvious, but mapping simply requires an examination of what personal information is collected, how it's used, how it's processed, stored, and then sold, if applicable, if you sell it. The data mapping or locating process should be traced over the business organization to understand exactly where the information is collected, Stored, processed, and then used. And don't turn this into an academic issue with lots of theoretical discussions. This should be focused on a practical analysis of the use of personal information. And so many, I've seen too many companies spend hours with theoretical discussions concerning esoteric analyses of definitions, storage processing of information that ultimately have little to no relevance to compliance and uh, procedures and enforcement risks. Second big issue is consumer requests. So companies have to make available to consumers two designated methods to submit disclosure and preference requests, a toll-free number, and a website address. And businesses have to respond to a verified consumer request within 45 days, 45 days. They have to screen the requests to verify whether or not it's bona fide, Uh, and then the business has to ensure that the consumer making the request is the same consumer whom the business has personal information about, or that the requesting person is authorized to make the request. A business only needs to respond to two requests per consumer in a 12-month period. So companies also have to establish a portable format for transmission and delivery of such information to a consumer, a template for how you're going to respond. And companies, most importantly here, have to create a tracking system for consumer requests to ensure timely and complete responses within the allotted time period. So consumers have the right to learn from the business the categories of personal information maintained by the business, the categories of sources of such information, the business purpose for collecting and selling such information, the categories of third parties to whom the business sells the consumer's personal information and specific pieces of personal information collected by the business. Every business has to maintain in its privacy policy or on its website, one, a list of the categories of consumers' personal information the business has sold to or state that it has not sold any information for a specific category, and two, a list of the categories of consumers' personal information the business has disclosed your information to for a business purpose or stated as not made any disclosures of information for that specific category. The third tricky issue to handle here is consumer deletion requests. Following the same procedures that I just outlined above, consumers re- can request that a business delete his or her personal information. There are certain exceptions to such requests if the information is needed to complete a transaction or to detect security incidents or debug a function, like an internal use. Again, businesses will need to create a tracking system to monitor the status of such requests and ensure compliance with the applicable time frame. There also has to be a procedure set up for consumers who want to opt out of the sale of their information a consumer has the right at any time to opt out of the sale of any personal information by the business of that consumer's information to a third party. Now, the specific means for such opt-outs has not yet been defined by the regulations, and that's going to be one issue we're going to watch. But at a minimum, businesses are going to have to maintain a link uh, or a page uh, with a link Uh, or a page uh, with a way to get directly to the link, which is titled, do not sell my personal information, in quotes. And that's going to have to have a button on it that a consumer can push and obviously link to the opt-out function. The link must be included in the business's privacy policy as well. If a consumer opts out, The business cannot request authorization to sell the consumer's personal information for at least 12 months. A third party may not sell a consumer's personal information unless the consumer received explicit notice to opt out of sale of his or her personal information. And that's the requirement that has to be satisfied in order for the business to go ahead and sell that information. Now, interestingly, there are certain ages of consumers that have different requirements. So a business may not sell any personal information of a consumer that is between the ages 13 and 16 without opt-in consent. The business must have actual knowledge that the consumer falls in that age range. In other words, if you don't know that the person is between that age, there's no requirement. But the business may not willfully disregard a consumer's age. And a business may not sell a consumer's personal information if the consumer is under 13 years old, unless it obtains the opt-in consent of the consumer's parent or guardian. And businesses are going to have to tag and track, like I said, opt-out requests and ensure timely compliance. And again, reminder, before a sale of personal information occurs, a business has to establish verification protocols and policies to ensure that the consumer has not opted out and is the proper age or covered by an opt-in or opt-out requirements that I mentioned above. Another issue, non-discrimination, which is not uh, in the uh, GDPR but applies in the CCPA, businesses may not discriminate against consumers who exercise their rights under the CCPA. This broad prohibition is going to apply to pricing, denial of goods or services, or difference in quality of goods or services. Any difference in these areas in the treatment of uh, consumers will have to be justified and documented. Businesses may offer financial incentives for the collection, sale, or deletion of personal information, provided the business has notified the consumer of the terms and obtained an opt-in consent. Such incentives, however, cannot be unjust, unreasonable, coercive, or or usurious. So you can see in this non-discrimination area, this is going to be an area that's going to be ripe for uh, litigation. There's going to be private private parties uh, ready to try to bring class actions with regard to this area having to do with discrimination against consumers. Final issue I wanted to talk about was transferring information to a service provider. So think about uh, you have to transfer personal information uh, in your business to a third party who delivers your products, uh, and you have to provide personal information for the delivery of those products by a third party. Or think in the healthcare context of transferring information to a laboratory for related services to run tests. So a business can only provide personal information to a service provider if the disclosure is for a business purpose and pursuant to a written contract. And the contract prohibits the service provider from retaining or using or disclosing the personal information for any purpose other than for performing the specified service in an agreement. So businesses have to identify the relevant service providers who require personnel, personal information like shipping companies and ensure that there are appropriate contractual provisions governing the treatment and protection of that personal information. Okay, well, as you can tell, the CCPA is imposing significant requirements, and uh, everybody has got to obviously be working on this at this point, and there are lots of compliance challenges. There's some issues that are still unresolved, like I mentioned, and we will uh, keep you apprised of this. And again, if you do need help in this area, please let us know. Thanks for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Wolkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At Ethical Companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.bolcroftlaw.com our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can always contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at bolkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals.